This time on Archery in Depth, we're talking points. Yeah, arrow points. We're going to do a podcast about it. How do you get good points? We're talking about how to avoid points that break, bust off, bend, cheap Chinese knockoff stuff. We're not talking about that. We're talking about good points. We have Smith Brothers Archery. These guys, we'll get into it, but these guys make the connecting rods inside the engines of NASCARs. That's how cool these guys are. That's how great at manufacturing they are. They also make arrow points for arrows. It's crazy how good these are and affordable. We get into all of that stuff. Uh, if you are interested in finding out how points make a difference, how they can make your arrows shoot better, you perform better, we're gonna talk about all that stuff. It's a great episode. So sit down, relax, have a cup of coffee, have a drink, check out arrow points with smith brothers archery also as long as you're messing with stuff checking it out did you know archery in depth is on instagram archery in depth is on facebook we'd appreciate it if you checked us out maybe give us a like see what's going on great way to figure out when new episodes are coming out all that other good stuff so sit back relax let's learn about points with smith brothers archery all right let's go i'm your host marty judnick all right we are talking to jordan barons with smith brothers precision archery points how's it going man doing pretty good yeah i'm in, uh, excited to chat with you today so this will be fun i'm excited too you know we take for granted archery points i think a fair amount we're just like ah you know throw something else that's not a broadhead on there and there's a lot that goes into it and i'm excited to talk about these precision you know field tips that have a, a really great reputation going right now relatively new i think for the industry but you guys are making a lot of headway i think yeah, we, we are. We're, uh, it took a little while to kind of get the project going and off the ground and, you know, uh, get them in, in people's hands for testing and all that. But yeah, we're, uh, it's taken off here in the last uh, couple of years. So, um, yeah, onward and upward. That's awesome. Well, I like to ask my guests three things just so that the audience can get to know them a little bit better. Three things sort of industry related. So the first question to get to know you, Jordan, a little bit better, what's your favorite sure. big game animal to hunt? Ooh, um, I would say it's an even tie between archery elk hunting and antelope hunting. That could be rifle or bow uh, for the antelope. Very love nice. them both. That's yeah. awesome. We've had a lot of people answer antelope, which is great. I love it. Oh, it's so much fun. You know, you always see uh, tons of animals usually, and uh, it's just a blast. I love it. Totally, totally. Second question, get to know you a little bit better. What's your favorite cut of meat? favorite cut of meat um you know it's hard to beat um a good antelope steak uh backstrap or tenderloin uh, but any wild game heart is probably going to be my favorite cut of meat Ooh, i like it the heart what's your way that you like to cook the heart uh real easy just uh, clean it up cut it into some little uh finger steak type type deals there and then uh bread them with uh you know your choice of breading whether it's rich crackers or something like that and right into the hot oil and that's about it doesn't take much i love it super good heart steak fries yes sir yep <laughs> right how about the favorite bow you've ever shot what bow do you think are like this is the this is my favorite bow i've ever shot Oof, there's been a lot of good ones. That's a tough one to answer. Um, I do come from both hunting and target archery background, and there's been, um, I've had some awesome ones on, on both sides. I would say um, I hunted with a PSC Decree HD for like four or five years. That was a hard one to, re to replace, to move on from. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to say that one's definitely up there. 
Nice. Very nice. PSC makes a nice bow. They make a nice yes, sir. bow. Well, let's talk points. Points okay. are awesome. We all need them. Got to do it to practice. And like we are talking about uh, target archery as well, obviously extremely important, a lot of stuff. And we're going to go over all that. Well, let's talk a little bit more in general about Smith Brothers. How did Smith Brothers come to be uh, and getting in the world of archery points? Because I know you guys do a lot of other machining for other stuff, right? Yes, we, we sure do. So um, it's actually uh, Smith Brothers Pushrods is the official name of our company. So the arrow points, the, the precision arrow points is kind of a, um, I don't know if you want to call it a side hustle, but it's just another avenue we've gone down. Um, but we started out, um, the Smith Brothers uh, Pushrods uh, started out in 1953 by the Smith Brothers uh, making uh, performance uh, racing parts and components um, and that's developed over the years of what it is today so um, a push rod is a high performance uh, engine part uh, most engines need them uh, to run um, you know the machinery that we have and um, the parts that that we make for other companies have kind of led us uh, down the path of this archery stuff there's quite a few of us there that are archers and so it just seemed to fit for our company and uh, what we do so that's the the short of it yeah i assume with that background that you guys are using at least lathes to make them yes sir yeah so we've got uh, 12 uh, cnc swiss style uh, lathes in there they've all got 12 foot long bar feeders for running large volumes of uh, various parts Um, that's that's where most of the arrow points are run yeah very cool. Very cool. So we're talking about an intricate piece of machinery that's, you know, grinding away metal to create your end result. Sort of like a sculptor that knocks away rock and underneath all that, you get a sculpture. Same thing with point, right? Yeah, pretty, pretty close. Yeah. So it's a, it is a, a CNC lathe. So it does require a program uh, for it to operate and, you know, cut the way, you know, cut your part out essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it does use a, a series of various cutters and and mills and things like that um, to make the part. Uh, but yeah, it uh, starts out as a solid chunk of metal, and then uh, your finished part comes out finished uh, the, out the other side of the machine. <laughs> nice. Well, let's talk. Yeah. Let's talk about materials. Then, uh, is there one material you guys use for all your points, or are there a couple different ones? No, there there is uh, just one material that we're currently uh, using for all of our points, um, both uh, our match grade uh, tournament style glue in points and our screw in style points. They all utilize the same material, same process, same machining process. Um, it is a, a high grade of stainless steel that's proprietary to our company. Um, it's a material that you don't see too often in the industry, um, if any at all. I, I don't know if I've seen it anywhere else. Um, we do, um, we looked for a material that was going to stand up to, um, you know, any type of hard impacts that you would encounter, you know, on the tournament trail, whether it's hitting the back of somebody else's arrows or, you know, we've all hit that arrow point that's stuck in the, in the bale that you can't see and it yep. ruins your, your tip. Mm-hmm. Um, just, we wanted something to stand up to that abuse. And this was uh, a material that we had tested for quite a while and it, it produced uh, the best results for us and, and we ran with it. Yeah. 
Very cool. And are you hardening that material after you cut out the piece? Uh, yeah, actually we are. So it, the material does start out in its, you know, raw uh, form and we put it through the machines and machine it. And uh, we do uh, put it through a heat treatment process um, afterwards. Um, and that's where it's um, distinctive color comes from. A lot of, a lot of people think it's a coating of some kind, but it actually comes from, from heat um, from our heat treatment process. Yeah. Sure. So that patina that you see that the sort of a copper color that's distinctive to Smith brothers is just a result of the heat treat process. Yeah, you're, you're correct. Yeah. So when the material gets super hot, it changes uh, to that color um, during the heat treatment process and, and as well, when it cools down, it'll, it uh, turns that really dark bronze kind of sometimes purpley color as well. Yeah. Nice. Are you quenching it at all or just letting it naturally cool down? It is air cooled. We don't, we're not quenching it or anything like that in oil or water. Um, it's as simple as heating it up to a certain temperature and we leave it in there for X amount of time and take it out and let it cool. It's basically like baking a pizza. Nice. Very nice. <laughs> For those of us nerds that care about how hard is there, are you able to disclose what the, like the Rockwell hardness is on it? Yeah, uh, absolutely. So um, uh, finished products coming out about 46, 48 Rockwell. So it's definitely not soft, but it's definitely a lot, not the hardest thing that you'll see out there today. Um, and that's, that's by design, mm -hmm. you know, obviously a softer material wasn't holding up to the abuse that we were putting our stuff through during testing. And sometimes uh, what we found on a material that's too hard, um, and it can actually almost get brittle mm -hmm. and it'll, instead of bending or something like that, it'll actually just shear off or chip or just flat out break, whatever. So this is kind of the happy medium that we uh, have landed on and seem to produce the best results. Very nice. Yeah. It's a fine line, kind of like a knife blade where you don't want it on the super soft side because then it'll just bend and deform, but you also don't want to make it as hard as you possibly can because they'll basically just explode and break, right? Exactly. Yep, exactly. And, uh, yeah, this was uh, ended up being the, the perfect fit. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's been great. I like it. Can you tell us a little bit about how you guys come up with your design for the different tips? I think you have a couple different sort of shapes or, or designs for your tips. Can you talk us through how those are designed? <laughs> Yeah. So, um, for like our outdoor type shooting, you know, uh, field feed, uh, um, safari style, um, shoots that are going to be using the, the skinnier arrow shafts. Typically, um, we wanted to make sure it kind of had that typical bullet nose type design. Um, but we did want the largest point of that ogive of the, of the bullet nose to be a little bit larger than the arrow shaft. Um, so, uh, we found that having that little bit of, uh, larger OD will kind of, uh, protect the front of the arrow a little bit more. And then it also helps pull the arrow out. It's almost cutting a little bit bigger swath sometimes through your target. So it's not, you know, it doesn't have as much friction on the arrow shaft. Um, so that's kind of how we came up with that. Um, and then kind of our, our larger diameter stuff, uh, for like 3d, or shooting uh, paper targets indoor at like 20 yards, Vegas type stuff. Um, we just went with the standard um, kind of that triangle shaped uh, nose style versus the uh, bullet nose. Uh, we reached out to a lot of people uh, in the industry that uh, shoot a lot of 3D type stuff. And we talked to them about glance outs and, 
and all that good stuff and what they prefer, um, what nose style they prefer for, for that type of thing. And most of them said they like that triangle shape uh, versus uh, the bullet nose for glance out purposes. So that's, that's basically made up that decision for us right there. So that's, that's kind of the, the gist of it. I like it. Let's go back to that bullet nose shape for uh, just a second because it's it's important, I think, for folks to understand that what you're saying is the sort of widest point of the the diameter of the point is a little bit wider than your arrow, right? So it's almost barrel shaped, sort of at the widest part. Yeah, correct. So it'll uh, from the very tip of the point of the of the nose there, it tapers up just like a bullet, you know, uh, like a rifle bullet or something. Uh, and then when it reaches its maximum diameter there, uh, we want that, we designed it so it's um, larger than the shaft of the arrow that it's meant for. And then it'll gradually taper back down and have a nice matchup diameter wise to, to your arrow shaft. Um, that was, like I was saying, that just re um, kind of protects the front of that arrow. So you're not having like some carbon overhang or something like that that could catch um on a you know something inside the target and ruin the front of your arrow um plus it just kind of creates a little bit larger hole mm -hmm. than your arrow shaft so when you're pulling it out hopefully they don't, they don't stick quite as bad yeah definitely easier to pull out uh i love that design and that sort of leads me into the the beauty of precision points that fit the arrow correctly and you guys have a nice website that talks about the different arrows that you're going to be making these for ideally you want that bottom where it's sort of boat tailing back and, and convexing back down, you want that to match exactly the outside diameter of your arrow, right? Yeah, that's that's uh, what we shoot for, for sure. Um, you know, uh, but it is a, gets a little bit challenging. There's so many different um, spines within a certain arrow shaft sure. that, that you can't possibly make a arrow point for every single specific um, arrow shaft um, spine. Um, so we kind of use a little bit of a range. Uh, we, uh, we use like plus or minus four thousandths is what we go for. Um, if it's outside of that range, we'll bump up to a larger uh, uh, shoulder diameter. So it meshes up with the spine a little bit better. Um, as you know, as a narrow spine gets stiffer, the diameter gets larger and vice versa for a uh, less stiff spine. They get smaller. Material comes off the OD. Yep. Um, so sometimes there will be, you know, a couple of thou, um, overhang or underhang, um, but that's such a minimal amount. It's not going to affect, you know, performance in any way. Um, our large kind of bulb, uh, bullet nose design, uh, will still protect that arrow shaft if there's a, like two thou overhang on the carbon. Nice. Nice. And you were just talking about basically in these two designs, you're really covering the gamut, whether it be the target archer that needs a bigger diameter indoor arrow or the hunter that has a smaller diameter, 3D archer, stuff like that. Let's back up a second and talk in general point wise, the difference, whether people may not realize it between a screw in point, which is sort of the industry standard has been forever, and then a glue in uh, just for people that maybe have not done much in the glue-in realm can you discuss with us a little bit of the difference in how those two points work yeah for sure um so um kind of your tournament target style archery um will typically use a glue-in style um arrow point um it's, so it's a a solid arrow point there's no threads on them or anything like that 
Um, they'll either have, um, they can have some break-off sections on there or some glue grooves is what you'll typically see. And you use a, a hot melt of some kind. Um, and it's usually, it's just simply, you know, getting the glue hot, um, covering that arrow shaft, or excuse me, the shank of the point with hot glue and glues directly to the inside of your arrow shaft. There's no uh, aluminum insert or anything like that. Um, and they use hot glue um, so you can heat those up and pull them out. So if you want to test using lighter or heavier glue endpoints, you can do so. It's not like you're using super glue and they're stuck forever type of thing. So, uh, yeah. And then, uh, then you have your standard screw-in style, uh, which is what you see in a lot of uh, hunting style applications. Um, usually 100, 125 grains. And they screw right into the front of the arrow. There's usually a uh, aluminum or, or a weighted uh, insert that uh, it screws into. And it's as simple as screwing it in, screwing it out if you need or need a replacement or whatever. So um, those are the two common common things that you're going to see mostly in, in archery. I love it. And the glue-in ones are typically the ones that will have the adjustable weights that you can break off, right? Yep. Uh, so you'll see them a lot of times in two, actually three styles. You'll just have a, a solid chunk of material that's a fixed weight. You'll have um, an arrow point that can have a break-off system. So, for example, let's say um, it's full length, 100 grains. with It's got two, two break-off sections. They're usually 10 grains a piece. So you can start out as 100 grains and break off each one of those 10-grain segments. You'll be able to go down to 90 and down to 80 if you break those off. So you have a little bit of adjustment there, but the downside is they're like a haircut. You can take them off, but you can't <laughs> put them back on. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then the, uh, the third style, um, there's a few companies out there that make uh, kind of an adjustable weighted system that you can screw in a, a weight um, into the backside of the point. You know, it's just a threaded uh, little weight that you can um, thread in or, remove if you're wanting to add weight or, or take weight off without having to remove the arrow point completely from the arrow shaft. Sure. Yep. Those are nice. I think those are like a gold tip in East and make some of those. And really what it is, you have one sort of point that you're going to utilize for everything and you can glue in and sort of leave in there, but then you go in from the other side and you can add or subtract weight onto the back of that thing. Right. Correct. Correct. Yeah. And, uh, actually we, we actually don't produce any of those. Um, the, the, um, threaded uh, style that you can add or remove the weights um, being in the um, archery um, I don't know what you want to call it I've been shooting archery for quite a while I've actually seen quite a few uh, mishaps with the screw in uh, weighted style in the back of the point um, you really got to be careful usually they'll recommend using like some kind of a wax to hold those in there snug those little threaded weights or a loctite of some kind um, because I have seen those come loose in people's arrows. And then when you shoot the bow, it will launch out and blow the back of the arrow off. You know, your, your, your bushing and everything will come flying out. Bad news. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's bad news. It's not, not cool to watch. And the arrow usually doesn't go anywhere near where it was supposed to. Um, so we have seen that a few times, which is why we uh, intentionally did not, produce that style of arrow point we just did not want to have to have to deal with that altogether yeah um, plus there's um with the tolerances and weights that we're trying to hold 
Um, anytime you're adding components to the point itself, whether it be a threaded weighted system, uh, you're just broadening uh, that weight tolerance is making it harder to, to hold a, an accurate uh, point weight when you have a lot of different components like that. So sure. we just decided not to, not to go that route. Yeah. And the breakoff system works plenty good. And, you know, with a glue in system, it's very easy to get them in, get them out, change them out, experiment a little bit. This episode of Archery in Depth is brought to you by Xfocus 365, the maker of premium lenses for archery. Did you know lenses aren't just for target archery, they're also for hunting. You can hunt with a lens and it makes your life a lot easier. If you're looking to buy a lens to go hunting with, check out the Xfocus 365 GH series of lenses. These will not only shed water good, they're tough. So they're kind of made to go through the brush, through the scrapes, this, that, without getting messed up, without showing scratches on your lens excellent lens when you want to see the target a little closer a little clearer you could put it in all sorts of scope housings like a spot hod things like that go check them out when you're ready to take your hunting experience to the next level go check out a lens you can find them at xfocus365.com you can also find them on arcuswork.com go try them they're amazing check it out which is good sort of transition into you know how do you recommend the average person decide what weight should I try? Do you recommend like going the full length and then just breaking off a piece as you go? Or, you know, a lot of people haven't experimented with these and a good opportunity to sort of explain how it works for people that don't really know where to start, start playing with arrow weight tip. Yeah. So that's a good, good question. Um, so definitely if you're getting into like target archery and, and just wanting to up your game, definitely you're going to want to do some testing with point weight you know it's usually done at a little bit of distance uh something that you're comfortable with you know whether it's 50 60 70 80 yards even uh, depending on your skill level uh just some place that you can get make good shots and and notice you know have some noticeable group uh differences um we sell our arrow points individually uh and we do that just so people can do some testing they can purchase three arrow points of say hundred grain. They can purchase three of 120, three of 140, and then, you know, glue those into their shafts, go out and do some group testing. And usually right away, um, you'll see which point weight is grouping the best for you. It's usually pretty obvious a lot of times. Mm -hmm. And then once your testing is done, you can come back. And if you uh, so choose, you can order the full dozen of the, the point weight that was shooting the best. Um, so that's that's why we decided to sell our points individual. So it uh, gives people a chance to do some testing before they're buying a dozen or two or whatever of something that may or may not be the correct point weight for their, their uh, setup. I love it. It's a great explanation. And realistically, talking to the bow hunters out there, it's not a bad idea to play with 100 and 125 weight points and see which ones shoot better because you can find pretty much any broadhead these days between those two weights. And if the 125 shoot better with your setup and your arrow and all that stuff, it might be a good opportunity to change. Yeah, absolutely. That's a, that's a great point. It, it really doesn't matter if you're uh, getting into target archery or just, you just strictly bow hunt. Uh, testing is huge. You know, everybody's setup is a little bit different. Um, everybody's arrow setup is a little bit different. So you really don't know, um, what, what's going to work the best for you, you know, as far as point weight goes. So yeah, testing is huge. Yep. Totally agree. Now, the bigger thing I think a lot of people would appreciate that probably are listening to this podcast is 
the accuracy to weight for your points. Because if anybody has done intricate testing and you're weighing everything, you're trying to make sure your arrows are as close as they possibly can, you'll know that there are discrepancies in a lot of cheaper point weights that you can find. And, you know, you get a dozen and maybe two of them will match and the most don't. Uh, is there a certain tolerance you guys are aiming for when you're making your points to make sure that they're all really close? Because they are. They're often very, very close. Yeah. So on our match grade uh, glue-in style points, uh, we hold a plus or minus three-tenths uh, of a grain tolerance. Um, usually it doesn't fluctuate um, near that much. Uh, once the machine's set up and running, um, it usually holds pretty much dead on. Um, on our match grade stuff, we do hand weigh all of our points. So we got, you know, uh, a grain scale there. We use a very high grade uh, Denver in Instruments uh, grain scale, which is going to be, um, it's light years above and beyond your standard, you know, grain scale that you can order from like Lancaster or something. Mm -hmm. um, a very high tech piece of uh, equipment. Um, it's sensitive enough that we have to we had to make a, an enclosed uh, box for it um, because just the air moving around in the shop, it would make the needle jump. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it's, it's pretty sensitive. So um, we hand weigh all of our points and make sure uh, that they're within that weight tolerance. And if it's not, it's, we simply discard it. Um, only the best of the best make it through. And uh, we don't, we don't deviate from that. So they're, they're going to be pretty spot on. I love it. I love it. So when you're looking to create or have the best point weight wise and engineering wise and all that, you guys are pretty much there. You guys have done a, an amazing job. I would wanted to circle back a little bit to some sort of tips and advice for the break off points. So for people that haven't seen it, you know, it's, it's a longer typically shank and then you have these little grooves in it where you could break it off. Do you have any tips for, how to break it off the best way so that you're getting an, an accurate and sort of repeatable way to break it off? Yeah, absolutely. So um, in my uh, personal experience, you know, uh, shooting uh, competitive archery for a number of years, I've, I've tried just about every uh, Aeropoint manufacturer out there today. Um, and I, that's one thing that I have found to be, uh, can be a big uh, pain in the butt is to break off those uh, little break off sections. Sometimes they can break off real easy. And sometimes you might need to use like an arrow saw or something to cut them. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes you have to put them in a bench vise, you know, anytime you do that, you run the risk of, you know, bending the shank uh, on that arrow point, which is no good. Right. Um, so I've seen that I've seen it where when you do break off that section, the, it doesn't weigh anywhere near where it's supposed to because there could be some excess material yeah. uh, left on there, some slag or something. Yeah, you take so, a little too much off or not enough off or there's a little, <laughs> you know, corner that didn't bust off or something like that. Exactly, yeah, and it's a very a very small amount. It doesn't take much to add a few grains. Uh, so then you end up uh, getting the, the sander out or the files or, and, you know, filing away. Just a big pain in the butt. So uh, during our quality control checks, um, we do check all of our breakoff sections. We'll compromise a couple of the points during the run, break those off, put them on the scale. Each breakoff section weighs 10 grains on the nose, and we maintain that same plus or minus three-tenths of a grain uh, per breakoff section. So if you start at 100 grains uh, full length and you break off one section down to 90 grains, it's going to be plus or minus three-tenths of a grain. 
Uh, so we made sure that that was, that was really high on our priority list um, to make sure that those were all good to go. And um, I guess you'd call it break off ability. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't want to, we didn't want to have to have to put those in a bench vice or use a saw or anything. Um, they're going to be as simple as grabbing a pair of needle nose pliers choke up on it real close to that groove where, where the break off is and you should be able to snap that off right in your hand real easy. Nice. Um, yeah. And so they're easy enough to break, um, uh, in your hand, just using a pair of, ne- uh, pair of needle nose pliers, but they're strong enough where on a hard impact and a target or something, they won't just randomly break sure. uh, and fall off. So, uh, that's typically how you do it. Now it should go without saying, but there's always somebody out there that'll do something a little silly. Um, when you do break it off, it never goes back on, right? We throw that away. You are correct. Yeah. As soon as you break it off, it's no longer usable. You can't like glue it back on or anything like that. You break it off. It goes in the garbage. You you now have a point that, that weighs 10 grains less than when it started. Right. <laughs> so the point of the break off is to, that's your weight. And if you keep going down, then you're going to have a lighter weight forever. And if you want to go back to a heavier weight, then you just got to buy more points, which is why you sell them individually, right? Yes, correct. Exactly. You know, we all, we're all human. We all make mistakes. So we get guys all the time that, you know, Hey, I was building a set of arrows and I, I dropped a point and lost it in the shop somewhere. I just need a couple extra nice. <laughs> get, get that all the time. Nice. Uh, so, you know, we talked a little bit about there's pretty much going to be a point for just about any arrow that's out there. Can you tell us a little bit about the price point for your guys points and kind of <clears throat> how people can go about getting them? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, we do try to stay up on, um, we make, we try to make points for everything that's um, popular, uh, today, you know, so if you're, uh, shooting an arrow shaft that was popular 10 years ago, we may or may not have a point for it yet. Um, you know, we try to, you know, stay current and, and have points for the stuff that most people are using, you know, currently. Um, so if there's something that we don't have, uh, chances are it'll be coming in the near future. It does take um, a little bit of time to uh, manufacture these, you know, get drawings ready and, and you know, produce them on the machine. So, so unfortunately, it's something that doesn't happen overnight. So uh, be patient. We'll have stuff eventually. Um, you can order direct from, from our website. Uh, it's probably the easiest way. Uh, you can call in, uh, send us an email. Um, it's that easy. Uh, we got we got all all of our products listed on our on our website, and uh, yeah, again, if there's something that you don't see, um, a lot of times um, there will be something else that will fit. Um, sure. So uh, please reach out to us, and and we'll do what we can to see if there's a you know a compatible point from say another arrow chef that might work for for something you're using. Perfect. Is there a varying price point, or are your points sort of oh. universally priced? Yeah, so uh, our match grade stuff, we currently uh, sell them individually for $2.90 a piece. So for a dozen, you're going to come out in that $35 range. Uh, we try to be competitive uh, price-wise uh, with some of the other companies out there. You know, we try uh, our best to make the best product on the market, but we also want people to be able to afford them as well and, have and, you know, make sure everybody can have a chance to, to shoot them. There's uh, some stuff out there. 
Um, for example, a lot of the tungsten type offerings, uh, they seem to be, um, they're a pretty good product, but they're almost so darn expensive. Yep. Um, you can't hardly afford to shoot them. Yep. And, and we absolutely did not want um, our product to be the same. So we, we try to be competitive with our prices um, in that regard. Um, our screw-in stuff for, for hunting uh, purposes, uh, we open up the tolerance just a little bit on those weight-wise. So we had plus or minus three uh, tenths of a grain on our uh, match-grade stuff. For the screw-in, um, we open that up to plus or minus a half a grain. Um, with it being a hunting application, we felt like we could open that up a little bit. That'll save us a little bit of um, quality control at the machine. We can, you know, check uh, one every 50 screw-in points versus every single one on the machine mm-hmm. uh, on the grain scale. Um, so those are a little bit less. I think we sell those for $2.10 a piece. Again, sell them individually. So if you want to buy a few 100 grains to try and then a few 125s before you go all in, um, feel free to do so. We do that all the time. So that's that's kind of where we're sitting um, at this point in time. That's a steal. That's a steal because you're you're too modest to say it, but the tungsten points run about $250 plus for a dozen. Yes, and you <laughs> did say a dozen. Yeah. $250 a dozen, 12. Yeah, yeah. so they're running 20-ish something uh, per, and your guys' are almost just under three bucks per. And considering... Uh, tell everybody how much one of your lathes cost. Uh, one of our CNC for um, a citizen screw machine style, you're probably looking at three hundred and fifty thousand uh, dollars for that that type of machine, brand new. Yeah, so very very expensive piece of equipment, but it's because it's really precise. It's computer run and all that, and you guys are making match grade, really nice points at an exceptional price with it. So. For everybody out yeah. there that's wondering, uh, there's much more expensive stuff out there, but this is an awful great point, and it's, you know, I'm not sure that there's anything out there that I know of that can even compare to that kind of point grain consistency, so I, that's it's a steal, really. It's a steal. Yeah, we you know, we, we uh, are happy to be able to do that uh, for our customers and, you know, make sure everybody can, can afford to shoot them and you know, uh, just try to make the best product we can at that price point. So, um, it's pretty, pretty awesome. Yeah. And I mean, the color of them, we talked a little bit about it, the patina, they're a really cool color. Like if you haven't seen them, go to the website and check them out. It's the coolest color ever. We all wish it lasted forever, but realistically (laughs) it's because of that heat treat. And that's really just a chemical reaction on there that does wear off over time. Right. Yeah, it does. So when they're fresh out the oven and, and brand spanking new, um, just like you're saying, they can have uh, uh, a color variation anywhere from a you know that nice dark copper color all the way to sometimes a purplish uh, color. And that is just from the heat um, and over time shooting into your targets or whatever, um, that will slowly start to patina and slowly start to wear off. Um, but that does not at all affect uh, the quality of the steel at that point. It, yeah. It's already been hardened. So it, you're literally just losing some of the, that color from shooting into your target. That's the only thing. Yeah. So it's not going to affect the head. It's just the coloring changes a little bit because it wears off over time essentially. But man, yep. they look cool. They look real yeah. cool. Yeah. That's, uh, we get a ton of compliments on it. And uh, um, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty awesome when you got a fresh fresh batch of arrows and they're all lit up with brand new uh points in that color it's pretty cool (laughs) it's for sure cool 
Where else can people find uh, Smith Brothers stuff other than the what World Wide Web? Do you guys have a Facebook page, Instagram, all that other good stuff? Other socials I don't know about. Yeah, absolutely. So Instagram uh, at Smith Brothers Arrow Points and Facebook uh, Smith Brothers Precision Arrow Points. Um, so you can find us both there. Um, yeah, and then our website www.smithbrosprecision.com. You can uh, check out all of our stuff there. Um, yeah, we are, uh, starting to do, um, some dealer type stuff. We have, uh, uh, quite a list of, of large arrow shops that are now carrying our product. So, uh, we'd always uh, like to get those out there some more. So if you've got, you know, an archery shop and you're interested in carrying our product, we'd be more than happy to get you set up and, uh, get you going. So, uh, keep your eyes peeled, uh, your archery shop near you might, might have our stuff. So I guess that would be the third, third way to get a hold of us as well. Yep. I love it. They're, they're great points. And it's what, you know, there's only a couple things on an arrow. There's the point, there's the arrow shaft, and then there's the knock. Most cases, that's one of the third of the most important things. And weight is, is critically important. You know, when you're looking to group things and get better, get more consistent, it really does come down to weight oftentimes. And if you don't have the right weight for your setup, Man, a little bit of testing for a few bucks can make a huge difference. So I think it's a great product to invest in. Yeah, absolutely. It's a uh, weight. Weight is a big, a big deal. Even just a few grains, you know, you might, um, you may not notice a big difference shooting at, you know, closer ranges, you know, 20, 30 yards, something like that. But uh, this day and age, uh, archery equipment is becoming so uh, technologically advanced. It's letting us uh, shoot farther and more accurate. So everybody's uh, likes to shoot longer, 70, 80, 90, 100 yards. You know, if you've got uh, a couple arrows that are three, four, five grains difference at those longer ranges, you're absolutely are going to see see a difference in where the impact. So uh, your total arrow weight and all the weight of all your components is huge. I love it. I love it. Well, Jordan Barons, thank you for joining us today. Smith Brothers Precision Archery Points and Automotive Needs for push rods. if you want those. I bet they're amazing as well. Uh, yeah, they, they are pretty awesome. I'm sure uh, everybody's uh, pretty familiar with NASCAR. Um, all of the NASCARs on the track currently, except for Toyota, have our uh, push rods in them. So that's wow. pretty cool. That's super cool. Fantastic. <laughs> push that more. Everybody needs to know that. That's awesome. Yes, yes. Well, I appreciate you having me, Marty. It's been fun. And uh, yeah, look forward to hearing it. Awesome. Well, I will let you know. Thank you so much for joining us today. Everybody will check out Smith Brothers precision points. Talk to you soon. All right, bud. See ya.